Here's the Deal with my papa. Hello and welcome everyone to Here's the Deal with Danny Sitters. Uh, thank you, Jordan, for that introduction. And here we are, Danny. Episode 15, 15. of Here's the Deal. Yes. We're climbing. We're climbing. Love it. I, uh, how's, the, how's the green ministry going? I was raining out there right now, but... <laughs> the Greens ministry? Yeah, the Greens ministry. Yeah, how's my, that going? I call it my Macedonian call when I get that call from somebody. <laughs> Not well, because, you know, we're in the process of moving from one place to the next here yeah. in town, and so that's kind of cut into my Greens oh, no. ministry. Although I was able to go um, a few days ago, and it was very nice. So it was a beautiful yeah. week this week. It was a beautiful week. The problem is right now, and I, I don't know if this has anything to do with... Uh, uh, COVID nineteen, but the balls are not going straight oh, right now. Yeah, well, can, we can blame it on. Yeah, might as well. It's there's something. It, they it just won't go be. straight. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get started, I wanted to uh, ask a couple questions. So, why did the referees give Texas Tech the touchdown against LU back in two thousand five? Wait a minute. Why did the referees give the touchdown to Texas Tech yeah. in 05? Yeah, in 05. Remember against OU. I it don't. A, it was a controversial call. Are you talking about Texas Tech? Yeah, Texas Tech is an OU football. Oh, my goodness. No, too far back? I don't remember this. Okay, well, so we had two seconds left, and the uh, guy went, ran up the middle, and it was tackled by Henderson. Okay, now who's got the ball? Uh, Texas Tech. Okay. So they're going through, and they run up the middle, and at the very last second as time is running out, the, the guy running the ball stretches his hand out, and goes over the barrier. Yeah, okay. I do vaguely remember this. Yeah. Yeah, and they gave him the touchdown. They gave him the touchdown, and they won 23-21. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, you know, Bob Stoops' reaction to that was, cool, calm, and collected, Bob yeah. Stoops. Yeah. Who is the greatest football coach in OU, and why did he learn everything in Manhattan, Kansas? The greatest football coach is Bob Stoops that learned under the old man – uh, Snyder, Bill Snyder. Half the town is named after him. There's yeah. a highway, yeah. everything. No, I love Bill Snyder. He's a great guy. And that's one of the greatest stories in college football ever, t- taking that program from, you know, the bottom all the way to the top. So, yeah. No, he I, he I, definitely did it. Then, um, like I said, there's everything's named after him. If there's... A building, they don't have anything. They need to name after Bill Snyder. Or Snyder family is what they're doing it now. The football field, the stadium. Yeah. Well, I don't blame them. Great man. Great legacy. I do. I do vaguely remember that. That's... Um, that's not, you know, that doesn't come to mind as some of the worst calls or worst games they've ever played. Right. But yeah. There's, there was a one that I, I cannot remember the details of this one, but Barry Switzer had... Where I think there was a touchdown called back in in the eighties. Of course, you know Barry Switzer was in the eighties, but so there's been a, there's been a few that I've that I remember. I actually had to do research on OU football, so my <laughs> my Google Chrome is like internally barfing right now. It's like I don't know what to do with all this information. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so delete it, get rid of it. Another great sermon this past Sunday, by thank the way. Uh, thank you for it. Talk about how we have the kingdom of God within us. And I was wondering if you could unpack that just a little bit more for us to start with, because uh, seeking the kingdom of God is kind of where I want to want to end right. up today. Right. So, um, as I started the sermon, I asked the question: Why did Jesus come to Earth? What was his purpose? What was the point? What What did he stress as as that of utmost importance? 
And again, if you ask 100 people, you might get, you know, almost 100 answers. You might get 75 or so. But the number one answer is he came to forgive us of our sins, bring salvation so that we can live eternally with him, you know, and and go to church. I mean, that's that's the answer. Um, But Jesus, and, and especially the gospel writers, speak at length about the kingdom of God. So the first words from John the Baptist and Jesus in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, their words are, um, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. And that's where it all begins. The kingdom of God is here. Um, What is the kingdom of God? What, What do we do about it? And so again, in in my Christian experience and listening to us teach and preach and talk, uh, when I got to be an adult, didn't have I, I hadn't heard much about the kingdom of God. Okay, maybe it's just some future in the end. Maybe that's eternity. Maybe that's heaven. All right, I can see that. But Jesus came saying it's at hand. It's right here. And so the point, I think, uh, that I was trying to make Sunday is, look, Jesus came to earth to to establish the kingdom of God here on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, you know, as it is in heaven. Now, forgiveness of sin and eternal life and salvation, you know, I spent some time discussing it. It's it's vitally important. It, It is what gives us hope. Yes. But... As I said, that's that's kind of the starting point. That's like coming out of the waters of baptism, cleansed, and and now you're ready to now you're ready to enter into the kingdom of God. And so I think that the Sermon on the Mount is just this this, this discourse on what it means to live in the kingdom of God. Mm. Blessed, you know, the Beatitudes, blessed are these folks. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the merciful, for they shall see God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think what the message of that is, look, those of you who are poor in spirit, those of you who are mourning and and hungering and thirsting after justice or righteousness, uh, there's a place for you now. It's the kingdom of God. Hmm. Everybody is welcome. Come as you are. Um, you know, again, in, in, in that sermon, right after he, he gets done with Beatitudes, he looks at this crowd of uh, downcast, some vagabonds, they're, they're suffering, and says to them, hey, you're salt and light in this world. You know, and you got to, and, and you know, they have to be thinking, no, we're not. Oh, yeah, come on. Really? Yeah, they've never heard that before. Yeah, you're the salt and the light. Now, again, I, I think it has to be taken in the plural context. It's not you, Jeff, are salt and light, and Danny's salt and light, but you guys together are salt and light if you will come together in the kingdom of God. Yeah. So you've heard that it was said, do not murder, but I'm telling you, don't get angry hmm. with each other. See, we don't live we, we don't live with those attitudes and behaviors in the kingdom of God. It's like the kingdom of God is this line in the sand. Will I choose to participate in it? Hmm. So Jesus was teaching about it. 
and he was displaying it. So everybody's been after me about, hey, you got to watch The Chosen, right? The app. That's right. And, 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 and so Marianne and I are incredible. And I think they've got it right, but it really brings home this picture of Jesus who is going from place to place to place, and he's attracting and recruiting the outcasts of this world. And he's taking time to be with those who have been rejected by the world. Hmm. So his ministry was to the blind and the lame and the deaf and the outcast and the adulterers. And, and again, he gets accused of being a friend of sinners and gluttons, and he's a drunkard and tax collectors. And, and it's all true. He was doing it. That's why he got accused of it. Yeah. But that's what the kingdom of God is about. It's about everybody's on the same level playing field. And we're all in need of hope. And we're all in need of mercy and grace and second chances yes. and third and fourth and fifth chances and, and, and a place, you know, to call home. And so Jesus, by what he teaches and um, the way he lives and the people that he interacts with is just saying, here's the picture of why I came, which is the kingdom of God. So I've kind of stolen a definition of, you know, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God then here on earth is the already, but not now, but not yet, the already, but not yet kingdom where God reigns. Okay. And, and 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 it's been a while since I've since I've written this down. The 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 already but not yet kingdom where God reigns, where people can choose to come and participate or not. Yeah. But it's available. It is to some respect a a um a dress rehearsal for the grand banquet and eternity that we're going to live together, you know, in the end times. Why not practice it now? That's a good idea. And so to me, that's what the kingdom of God is. You say, well, you know, um, well, it's, it's, it's not heaven, you know, and, and I agree with that because until Jesus comes back, we're still going to struggle with sin yeah. and suffering and evil and heartache and tears but that's one of the pictures that uh, the Bible writers um, paint for us is that in the end, God's going to wipe away tears and no more pain and no more suffering. That will be the culmination, I think, of the final kingdom of God. But I think we're called to participate in this kingdom now, and that's what Jesus was, was doing. So I think it's, it's vital that the um, church... Uh, begin to rethink and to talk about what is the kingdom of God and how are we the, how are we to um, exemplify the kingdom of God now in the world that we live in with you know again post covid and uh, how do we do that yeah uh, you know when we're seeking the kingdom of God it's it's just like Jesus he's very it's a very active He's not. He, he wasn't static for very long. He was always moving, doing something. I'm, I'm really convinced that the kingdom of God is that. Um, you know, you mentioned in your sermon. Um, you know, it's you could be at the at the office. Um, you know, in traffic, it's where the kingdom is. As long as you are, because we have it within us. Right. And you said we have the choice to either be involved or take participate or not. And 
I think, well, you know, for me personally in traffic would probably be the easiest one for me to turn it off. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I don't remember the last time I was in a traffic jam. <laughs> so, cause it's been over, I know over a year since I've been in a traffic jam. So well, yeah, traffic. I'm pretty cool and calm on that now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good on that. Um, and Jesus meets us where we are in life. Um, so we need to seek the kingdom of God where we are, just like you said in your, in our, in your sermon. So Jesus meets us where we are. And so wherever we go, I think we need to be looking for God and where he's active at. Because that's an easy way to get the kingdom of God shown. Yeah, I agree. And and I think you said something that's important that I, I want to back up and, and kind of camp there for a minute. Jesus meets us where we are, um, which <laughs> he knows where we are. The question is, do I know where I am? Right. Yeah. Have, have I taken the time to know me and my thoughts and my tendencies and my, you know, on, on, uh, on Wednesday nights, we're going through the book, um, the 12 steps of a recovering Pharisee, yes. you know, like me. Um, and, it's, and it's really, again, pretty eye-opening for, for those of us who have been uh, at this thing called Christianity and life in the church for for any period of time we all have those um tendencies to be a pharisee right um even if it might be what we would refer to as a contemporary uh pharisee or a progressive pharisee oh, we could even go. be that you know um uh, so the, yeah the question is do, do i know where i am do i see myself differently than Jesus sees me. And, and, and I think that could be on both sides of the coin. Do I see myself greater than I really am? Right. Pride. Um, do I see myself less than what Jesus sees me? I think both both of those are, are issues. But yeah. yeah, Jesus can only meet us where we are. And, and again, now think about, especially if you think, well, no, Jesus could never use me. Go and look at the people that he walks up to and says, hey, I want you on my team. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I wouldn't, you and I probably would not have assembled that team. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not the group of people that, well, that, that the church historically has been looking for. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and reaching to. Um, they are the the quote rejects of the world for a reason, according to the world, you know, um, uh, the world's outlook and and, and their values. Um, we tended to do the same. Yeah. So, yeah, Jesus can only meet us where we are, but His invitation to us um, is um, is constant to come on, C- come on into the kingdom. Yeah. Wherever you are in life, whatever you're going through, the the isolation, the hurting, the pain, the the the, the, the times when uh, we feel like um, life is just being choked out of us, the the great times in life, the celebrations, you know, Jesus understands all of that. Now we may think that we are unique and nobody else. Has gone through what I've gone through, right, and, yeah, and God could true. never understand, right? Which I've said is really a form of um, false humility. Yeah, 
you know, I think we've talked about this, basically saying, man, I'm greater than anything God could ever forgive. Right. I mean, I'm the best sinner in the, I'm, I'm the greatest sinner that's ever lived yeah. here on this earth. Um, you know, so he, he's continually inviting us, um, come into the kingdom. What would the church look like today if we took serious this concept of the kingdom and, and we started to somehow block out the word church, which church is a very important word. Yes. Right? Um, the, the, the ecclesia. Um, we, we are the called out ones. But what would church look like if we just focused on Jesus's mission of being the kingdom of God? And, and if we could somehow begin to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, move out into this world where we create little pockets of the kingdom of God and we're interacting with people and we're loving people and we're bringing them with us and um, we're learning from them. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be a radical idea? That, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. It is radical. Yeah, like I, I, I think the call is always there. Will I respond to it? Will I begin to change my thinking? Which, by the way, is the word repent. Uh, yes. Repent. you got to change your thinking. And I think what Jesus was saying is, look, you've had thousands of years of organized religion. The kingdom of God is now here. It kind of looks similar and feels similar in that it's religious, right? Trying to honor God. Yeah. But you got to change your thinking, which, by the way, is one of the greatest challenges in life is for me to change my mind yeah. because I get set in the way I think and the way I believe and the way I've done it and my experiences and my family and all of that factors into who I am. And somebody comes along and goes, oh, well, think about it this way. And we say, no, no, thank you. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I don't have time for that because yeah. if I do, I might have to change. Yeah. Well, but so changing the mind, I think, is one of the greatest challenges. And that's what Jesus is doing. Um, I think I may play with John the Baptist a little bit in the sermon Sunday. He's he's something else. Yeah, are you going to bathe? Hopefully you'll bathe. <laughs> I'll be eating locusts and stuff up there. I'm not going to bring his food up <laughs> okay, there good. or dress like him. But, uh, yeah, I might I might go ahead and shower beforehand. That's good. But he is something else. I mean, he's a straight shooter. <clears throat> and um, he was the forerunner for Jesus, you know. Yeah. And so he comes along saying, repent, the kingdom of God, you know, is here. And um, you guys need to get in the water and get cleaned up, even though he wouldn't. <laughs> he, he, he needs to. Y'all get in the water and clean up. Here comes the Messiah. Yeah. So in other words, his message was, you got to change your mind. You got to get that out of your head. Messiah is coming. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And you need to clean up because I know a bunch of you out here, nothing but a brood of vipers, mm. right? The snakes that are ready to attack. They hide in they hide in the brush. They hide in the trees. And they're just, you know, so what he was saying to them is, I, I know you guys are here listening, but you have no interest at all in um, really doing, um, getting ready for Messiah to come. You just want to sit here and listen until you can find something to attack. Mm. You brood of vipers. You know, and don't even don't even start this. He says about well, we're Abraham's children, right? Our family heritage. It's been all about our family. Don't even start that with me, because God can raise up children of Abraham out of these stones. I mean, he is just so funny the wow. way that he is direct, but he's preparing for Messiah Jesus to come along, 
And he's saying the same thing. You got to change your mind and you got to detox from all of the stuff that you've been hanging on to religiously. And we got to start over. We got to start with a clean slate. Wow. That, I think, is how we get ready for the, for the kingdom of God. I'm in this process of learning more about the kingdom of God because for years I, I wasn't taught. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about it. I heard about the church and going to church and doing church right. Mm, yeah. So is, is, has, has that been taught? Is the, the kingdom of God, is it translated into church? Is that, is oh, that what yeah, it is? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of, you know, and again, ask 10 people, get 10 different answers. What's the c- compare and contrast church and kingdom of God? Well, they're similar in this way and they're different in that way. And right. one is this, you know, this is that and that is this. And yeah. It's uh, interesting. It's very interesting to think about that. So if we were to, uh, you know, I've, I've heard the term paradigm shift. So if we were to get a clean slate and still have the the same basic principles of Jesus as we go as we're going forward as a church as a community together with outsiders and people that don't normally do church so what is seeking the kingdom of god is it the same concept as just going out and being uh, Jesus being his joy his 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 peace his peace his patience his kindness is it just the same or does it look different because we have a different set of glasses or a different lens now. Well, the the fundamental values and principles of the kingdom of God are are still the same. Sure. But we live 2000 years later. Right. And not only 2000 years later, but now we've come through a major world event that's turned everything upside down. So how does that uh, play out. What is the kingdom? That's what I said. What what is the kingdom of God now? So again, all, a lot of discussion among churches everywhere. And by the way, if you're listening and you think your church is the only one question with questions about well, what do we do now, Ugh, we're yeah. all going through this. Yeah. Um, but but the kingdom of God for Jesus had to do with those who were outcast, those who were less than those who were rejected by society and bringing everybody together on on a level playing field and loving each other and accepting each other and caring for each other and and making the world um, you know making the world better one person at a time mm, or the like phrase that. Changing the world from the way that it is right now to what it ought to be in the kingdom of God. So how would we do that, you know, today? The principles and the values are still the same, but we live in the 21st century. So do you and I get two or three other people like Jesus and just start walking, you know, walk up the interstate here? And, and you know, I, I, I don't know. Wow. Uh, do, do we... Do we get on bicycles? You know, some have done that. Do we, uh, well, you know, so, and again, how do we become this? How does the church become the place that people are accepted? You know, so we're, we're a lot of discussion now about 
the future of church structures and buildings and and assets and yeah. you know um, so so church attendance this idea that has worked for so long everybody come to our church at you know ten o'clock we have an assembly we have the gathering of the people the gathering of the saints. Um, now with online services, we've got the gathering of the saints, and they could be anywhere on the planet. That's right. It could be anywhere in this country, and and yet we still have a church structure built. It's, it's, it's been around for a long, long time. For about so. you know, come and see, come yeah. to us at this time. What if the kingdom of God? Um, what would the kingdom of God look like in a post-COVID church? Uh, take your structure and. I don't know, put a laundromat in there for people to come do their clothes, you know, free of charge. Yeah. Um, a, a place for teenagers to hang out. What about partnering with another church and sharing the same facility? You know, what are the needs of the community right around us? And, and, and how does the church begin to address it to welcome people? I just think it's time to think outside the box. I like that not, idea. not to, and 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 it's different from this idea of, well, you know, one day it's all going to come back and it's all going to be the same, right? A back to normal. Yeah. And again, we've talked about this. I don't believe it's going back to normal. I, a matter of fact, I think, I think the days of having a one location where everybody comes at set appointed times for all of church activities. I think if we paid attention to the numbers over the last few decades, our numbers were dropping. Nearly every, every most churches have been in decline for a long time. Here comes COVID and just whoosh, ramped it up real yeah. quick. I mean, just boom overnight. And now we're faced with, you know, 20, 30, 40% of folks may never come back, you know, in-house, but they might be online. They might be, you know, we live, we're here in Missouri. They might be in Kentucky. Right. And they consider us, you know, um, family, church family. How, do you, how, how is the kingdom of God, how does the kingdom of God function online? Yeah. As opposed to just saying, no, that's not. We need to be back here together. Yeah, there is great value in being together and face-to-face. But can we can we be the kingdom of God on Facebook and, you know, online and here in, in, in person? And what do we do with all, you know, what, what does a church do with all of the space now that they've had pre-COVID? That's just sitting empty now. Yeah, there's a lot. What what might it look like? Could we turn it into something that says to the community around us, "You're you're welcome here. You don't have to believe before you belong here. Right. You can come be part of this, and we'll we'll have you know uh, we'll have celebrations together, and we'll eat together, and we'll do birthdays together, and 
up here and we'll mourn know, together yeah cry together and yeah. here's a place to wash your clothes and we'll have some folks here to help you with your car you know on, on saturday mornings i mean i you know i think the sky is the limit but we have to get out of a mentality about what church is and maybe this is the perfect time to make the transition from thinking church only right to kingdom of god there we go i like that so we change our minds from thinking about church to kingdom of God. Hmm. Sounds like there could be a sermon in there somewhere. You better, <laughs> you better, you better get on to that. I, I can't do that. That's right. not that's not me. That's that's all you there. So, Danny, this week um, I know we're coming to you guys late here on Thursday, but so what do you got in tap for us on Sunday? You know, you just mentioned John the Baptist. You still uh, you go a little bit deeper uh, into him. Well, I I just no, that would kind of be an introduction. So here's what I would say to to those of you that are listening. Again, we're talking about these broader topics of Jesus, looking at, you know, through the Gospels. What did Jesus say and think about family? I don't know if you've ever ever thought about that. What did he, how did he feel about family? Well, I just preached a sermon a few weeks ago, and he said that there's going to be mother against son and daughter against mother. So that's just the first one that pops in my head. Not good. Not good. So ugh. Again, so when you start to stack verses on top of each other, uh, for me, I kind of got to, just like you said, just pointed out that one. I get a different view of how Jesus viewed family yeah. than what I might have thought. Um. It's 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 thought provoking, but yet at the end of the day, I would say this: Jesus is all about family. Oh yeah. Question is, what family? Yes. Mm. What family? Hey Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside, right? His physical, literal mother and brothers. Your mother and brothers are outside. They 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 want to see you, Jesus. And Jesus said, "Who who is my?" Who's my family? Mm. The people mm. right here are. The people that are in front of me listening. In other words, that, that's my family. You say, whoa, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, striking, Jesus. I say definitely in a culture like that. Yes. Yes. Although, for a Jew, family was very, very, very important. Yeah. Right? The household. Mm -hmm. But yet... In the, the the Jewish mind mindset, which I believe I, I I love this about them, the family was connected to a tribe, right? One of the twelve. So yeah. there was family value, but there was tribal value. It was part of a larger group that was connected, that had heritage, that kind of you know watched out and for each other. The tribes were connected, you know, over time geographically. So you have um, Judah, you have um, Galilee, um, you know, you have then later on Israel. Um, and so that's a larger, a regional, but yet they were also, they were Israel. They were the nation of Israel. Right. Who's, who were chosen by God. So yeah, you start in family for them, but their allegiance continues to grow larger and larger to their nation and to their God. It wasn't just about my family, us four, and no more. Yeah, They're constantly connected to one another. They, they had a, a sense of um, 
I want to say healthy pride in who they were. Now that that could have that can go overboard. Sure, yeah. and, and they did at, at, at times. But um, it wasn't just this individual and, and individualism and, and individual familyism oh, for nice. them. They're connected. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Sunday I want to look at. Um, so far, yes, this is Thursday, and this is where I am at this point. <laughs> what did? How did Jesus view family? And did he have some different thoughts about family than maybe we uh, think about family? Oh my, yeah. Well, you say family here in the United States. Um, I picture everybody around the table at the same time mm-hmm. with everything, everything perfect. Everybody sitting down. Per, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if anybody gets to do that anymore, but man, it seems like a rush every night at my house. So we can sit down at a, at a dinner table all together. That's a, that's a chore. Yeah, at our house, when mom says, time to eat, everybody goes and gets in the car. So. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh, an old there joke. There it is. There it is. <laughs> All right, Danny, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me and uh, explaining everything. It's, it's always fun to do this. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, again, Kingdom of God um, is active, so we should be active as well. If you guys have any questions um, about, about Danny's sermons or anything, uh, send them into hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com. And Danny, thanks again. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thank you.